So what's the point of a site briefing? Well, firstly, it's to give a pilot information about launch and landing areas so that they don't go and land somewhere inappropriate and to tell them where to top land, etc. But mainly so they don't do something daft and hurt themselves or others. Really, it's about the safety of our fellow pilots. We've all asked for and probably given a site briefing. When we come to a new site, it's essential to ask locals for a site briefing to identify launch and official landing areas, hazards and what to expect on the day in question. A full site briefing is more than just where to take off and land. And for experienced pilots, many of the quirks of a site have become so ingrained that it can become easy to forget to mention them. The fact that we never scratch below a certain point before heading to the landing or that you should be heading for the landing field if you're at point X is obvious to us, but during a hasty site briefing can be forgotten. So in my 19 years, first as a hang gliding and then as a paragliding coach, and on occasion having done some poor or hasty, because I wanted to get off and away, site briefings, I've tried to think about how to do an effective one. Now this advice doesn't apply to all situation sites or conditions. Obviously all sites are different and all pilots are different. A site briefing for an ex-Alps pilot would be completely different than one for a beginner. But I hope the following advice is useful for briefing your average low airtime pilot. A site briefing is sometimes the first point of contact with a person that you've never met before. This is a great opportunity to find out about their experience, training, currency, aspirations as a pilot and whether you can actually coach them. New pilots are usually nervous about flying and their mind will be somewhat distracted. And equally, experienced pilots forget stuff or can't put themselves back into the place of a new pilot or they're in a hurry or, or, or. There's plenty of scope for miscommunication when giving a site briefing. From the briefer's perspective, to effectively give them the information and to ensure that they're safe, the key is to listen. The extent and depth of your site briefing will depend largely on the experience of the pilot that you're briefing. So let me give you an example of the worst site briefing I've ever given. Some years ago, a foreign paraglider pilot turned up at one of our local sites and I was nominated to give him the site briefing because I was the only one who could speak the same language as he. On the drive up, he told us about his recent SIV course and how he'd flown in three different countries. So when we got up to the launch, I explained about the takeoff, where it was best to lay out and check the canopy, where to actually take off from, where to bottom land, and I made him describe it back to me. The possible top landing approaches, and it's a very, very technical top landing. How the bowls work in terms of thermals and not to scratch lower than point X. So he took off fine and he was flying, and then wave bars started forming behind the site. And he'd been in the air about 20 minutes and I was wondering if he'd noticed them when his girlfriend told me that he would be thrilled on landing. It had been his longest flight to date. Shit. So he now had four hours in total. But the problem was, after hearing about the SIV, my brain just shut down and my assumptions took over. I just assumed he'd want to know more about the technical and advanced aspects of the site. Rather than briefing him in the way that I should have done, which would have been to include a lot more MET, had I bothered to ask him how many hours he had in total. So it just goes to show. 
So, how do you effectively brief a new or visiting pilot? The first thing is to ask about the pilot's experience. How many hours of flights have they got? Places they normally fly? Coastal, tow, mountains? All these things are really important because they're so distinctive flying environments. What she or he expects to happen in regard to the weather during the day? Why they chose to come to this particular site? All these things provide a picture about the pilot's experience and their proactiveness in terms of informing themselves. For example, have they read the site guide? Once you get a picture of what they know need, you can make a start. In my view, site briefings should generally cover at least these five key points. The launch area, the landing area, the flying area, the forecast weather conditions and the actual weather conditions. As I said earlier, new pilots' ability to take in information can be hampered by stress. Studies have shown that stressful situations make the body release stress hormones into the bloodstream. These stress hormones can impair the brain's ability to process information and can negatively affect memory. It's probably obvious, but distractions also influence a person's ability to pay attention and retain information. Taking the pilot aside, away from other pilots, and not checking your their phone helps. Miller's Law, formulated by George Miller, a Princeton professor and psychologist, states that the capacity of an average person's short-term memory is seven plus minus two objects. Therefore, providing too much information can be counterproductive. However, a person's ability to retain information is enhanced by repetition and rehearsal. If the new pilot is asked to repeat something to you, they have a far better chance of remembering it. Also, using two senses is effective, not just talking and listening, but visual, looking at the sight guide, watching other pilots, pointing, etc. People retain more information when more than one sense is used. And remembering what you said is pretty key. The worst case scenario is that the pilot's taken off and thinks, eh, what was that part of the registry that said I shouldn't fly to? So focusing on the key five areas, I usually point out the launch area and may draw attention to some of the following. Hazards, turbulence or rotor, shape of the hill, whether it's a spineback ridge, a cliff, steepness of the slope, ground condition, whether there's slippery grass, it's rocky or sandy wind direction strength, and the number of other pilots or spectators in the area. I'll then usually ask the pilot a couple of questions like, in this wind speed or direction, where do you think the best place to take off is? Or, do you think that lip obstacle might have any influence on how your wing will behave when you launch over it? Asking questions mean that you can assess how much the pilot's taken in and it reinforces any information they did receive because they have to recall, rehearse and repeat it. For the landing area, I tell the pilot where it is and then I always make them describe it back to me. I've seen far too often that pilots are told, oh, it's the big green field with the barn in it, only for the person to land in the wrong field. Making the pilot describe it to you in their own words is the best way to check that they have the right one, and if not, then you can go through it again and make them describe it back to you another time until you're both confident that they've got the right one. 
This gets a bit trickier when the landing area is out of sight, but then it's up to you to find a foolproof way of identifying the official landing area, hopefully because there's a windsock in it. Once your pilot knows where the landing area is, you should ask them about their intended landing approach to check if they've noticed things like obstacles, livestock and crops, size of the field, slope of the field, probable wind direction in the landing area, wind gradient, possible rotor areas. And if appropriate, you can also discuss a plan B landing field. Next, the flying area. There are things a new or visiting pilot just don't know about and can't be expected to guess. So inform them whether the site usually becomes crowded, whether other aircraft use it, for example, paragliders, hang gliders, sailplanes, aeromodelers, the normal width of the lift band or rotor areas. A useful discussion to have is about any possible accelerated wind speed or topography venturi effect and a discussion based on observation of others fl already flying. To see if the pilot can identify how smooth, rough they think it might be, whether and where there, there are thermals, how well the pilots are penetrating, valley winds, etc. I think a particular item to talk about is the distance of the landing field from the takeoff. It can be very difficult to judge distances when you're on a hill, and it's good to have a discussion on when the pilot should head to the landing field to make sure they've got plenty of time to set up an effective and relaxed landing approach. The forecast weather conditions obviously have a big impact on the flying day. I normally ask the new pilot what they know about the forecast and if they've watched it or studied it on the internet. In my mind, I'll be thinking about whether the wind is forecast to increase or decrease or change direction, and are there any fronts approaching, will there be rain, strong thermals, wave, and does the pilot know anything about any of these or if they're forecast for that day? So once you've talked about the forecast, you can then compare this to the actual weather conditions on site. Are they as was expected? And is this site suitable for the actual weather conditions rather than the ones that were just forecast? Finally, to wrap it all up and to check once more the pilot's understanding of the information, I ask them what their flight plan is. This makes them recall, rehearse and repeat the key information. You can ask them supplementary questions and make additional observations at this point if necessary. Voila! You can now all go off and have a lovely flying day. So just to recap on the key points. Find out about the pilot's experience, knowledge and currency, the glider they fly, etc. Don't overload the pilot with piles and piles of information. Provide information in topic-based chunks. Avoid any distractions during the briefing. Talk through the launch area, but make sure you ask at least one question of the pilot so that you know he or she has internalised the information and has processed it. Describe the landing area, but always, always make them describe it back to you so that you're absolutely sure that they've got the correct one. Nodding does not equal understanding. Discuss the flying area together, but provide any information the pilot couldn't be expected to know. Talk about the forecast and the actual weather conditions and if they, what they signify for the site. Help them to understand the implications of flying sooner or later on. And finally, ask them to describe their flight plan to you. This will allow you to ascertain how much of the information they've taken in and memorised 
and it gives you a final opportunity to make any observations. If you'd like to listen to other paragliding podcasts, you can do so by going to the podcast page at www.theparaglider.com. As well as PayPal, you can now also donate to The Paraglider via our Patreon page. Using Patreon means you can donate automatically whenever we publish a new podcast. You can choose how much you want to donate per episode and what your monthly limit is, and down the line we'll be able to make exclusive content available to our patrons. To find our page, just click the link at the top of any page on theparaglider.com. Thank you.